to another episode of the University of Washington's Thrivecast, the podcast designed to help School of Medicine faculty thrive. I'm Trish Critic, and today we're joined again by one of my favorite guests, Dr. Kemi Dole. Uh, Dr. Dole is faculty in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. She's a gynecologic oncologist, an associate professor in that department, and uh, a colleague and a friend. And Kemi, I invited you here today to talk about transitions in one's career. And, mm-hmm. you know, this time of year, there's always a time of transitions as people start a new academic year. Um, and we think about those things when people be, go from being a postdoc to being faculty or being a mm-hmm. resident to being a fellow. And then there's those of us like you and me who become, quote unquote, air quotes, grown up faculty members. And we <laughs> transitions in our career. Yeah. And I know you've thought about this. I've thought about this and I thought it would be good to talk about it because I think it's something that's on folks' mind. So thank you for joining me today. I, I think maybe I'm going to start with this question. We'll talk about when making a transition, but I guess the first question I have is when you think about it, how do you know when it's time to think about making a transition? Um, how do you decide upon that being the right time or, or the right thing for you at that moment? Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, I think this is such an interesting topic. I feel like you could like spelunk into this topic for like hours and hours, but we'll like, we'll treat it. We'll give it a brief treatment. So I think, so I, I start when I, when you ask the question, like what, when is it time to think about transition? My, my answer is actually when you're not growing anymore in the ways that you desire, but then there's like other things underneath that. So I, I do think that's the time when you should transition. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think to know that you're not growing anymore in the ways that you desire means that you have to have all, you have to have identified what were those personal goals that you had for that work or that position within that space. Cause then you know, whether you are, you've met those goals, you're moving to those goals or those goals or those areas of growth either no longer interest you or you've satisfied yourself. So I think What happens, what can be confusing about transitions, especially in academic medicine, where we're like very highly structured, is that a lot of the roles or things we do don't have an expiration date. Mm -hmm. So so we come from we come from this like multi-decade journey of like very clear expiration dates. And then we move into faculty. And aside from being promoted, which is always good, there's all these other things you do that don't have clear expiration dates. So I think we have to start to grow this new muscle that before we probably have not had that strongly, which is identifying what is my goal in this role or that role in my clinical work, in this committee, in whatever, not just what's the goal of the work, but what's my personal goal. So then you can do some assessments where, so you can ask, am I moving towards that goal? Am I growing towards that goal? Have I passed that goal? Because I think that's important because it can't just be like something's hard on leaving. Or it can't just be like, this is more challenging than I thought it was going to be. So I'm leaving because sometimes things that we deeply want personal goals that we're going after are hard. But if we we have the awareness, like, oh, this is the thing that I wanted to learn, then it's not time to go, you know, but also vice versa. Sometimes things are really, really hard. And you're like, gosh, why is this so difficult for me? Because you're not growing anymore. And you're actually, you're done with that area and it's time for you to move on. So that's what I would say. Yeah. And I, a couple of reflections on that. The first one is, I think that concept of like, it's about, are you still growing is a really important one because at least for me and the roles that I've been in, there was still work to do. There was still yes, projects exactly. that we could engage yes. in. There's always work. Yes. 
But the part where I was developing the skills to be a clinical leader or the part where I was developing the skills to be an academic fellowship program director, I gained those skills. But there will be another CASA fellows. There's always another initiative in the ICU. There's always stuff. And so I really like that teasing out that distinction. The other thing I'd say is, I think in an aspirational world, we go into these roles already knowing what we personally want to get out of them. And I would just mm-hmm. say from my personal experience, sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not. But partly mm-hmm. through doing a job, I say, oh, here are the things I'm going to get out of this. It's interdisciplinary totally. collaborative team leading or whatever the heck it is. Um, and so I guess I would say to the faculty who, who are listening, it's okay if you don't know right away. But doing that that kind of intentional work of figuring it out as you go at some point in time is really important. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm i a big proponent of like, be really clear before you start and then know that you're going to be wrong halfway through, right? So yeah. it's more about the muscle of being able to tease apart what you said, the work versus like how I'm growing, like my personal development or my professional development, I should say. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. There's always time. And then even it's almost kind of fun actually, when you get all the way in it and you realize, okay, what am I, what is this job actually showing me? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's the work, but then like, oh, I'm actually learning a whole lot about conflict management that I really didn't understand. And then you get to choose, like, do I want to learn more or not? (laughs) But that even that I think also helps our overall sense of value in an institution because you start to realize, oh, it's not just about this work or this thing that the committee did. What I just did is spent I spent 18 months, you know, with a lot of experience around organization or conflict management or communication styles or whatever. And I think that that it's also just like a better career experience because we start to see our own work beyond just the tangible product. Yeah. It's like getting a little bit meta, which I think is important. I think the last thing I'm going to highlight from what you said was like, you don't want to leave because it's hard because a lot of the things that we do that are super gratifying are hard. I also don't think you want to stay until you hate what you're doing. Correct. (laughs) Correct. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of people do that. And I feel like we need to avoid that. Right. Like, and so I guess the question is, so let's say I've kind of gotten to that point where I'm like, yeah, I think I've kind of gotten out of this role, what I had hoped to get out of it or what I learned I was getting out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm worried if I stay here another two years, I'm going to be like, I really don't like it. And I've definitely Mm -hmm. sat in that space. Um, What's the pre-work kind of to do is you're starting to think about a transition because I I actually think a lot of times people stay because they don't they can't even fathom making a transition and yet they're so affirming and positive I think yeah so um I'm so glad that you said that I I agree I think that we should not we should not reach the point of like hatred and burnout before we make these transitions also because I think it influences where you go Mm -hmm. so I think if you're to the point of burnout you are running away you are escaping, which makes it a lot less clear what you're escaping into. And that's, I think, how people, like how patterns can get repeated that you really don't want in your career. So anyway, okay. the, I think the pre-work, sorry to be a broken record, but again, I would say like the internal clarity. So again, the pre-work is what, kind of what we said before. What what am I finished doing here? And I'll, I mean, I'll get to why, but like what, 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 why was this helpful? And what am I finished doing here personally? Um, And I think it also is helpful on an individual level, if you did have challenges in the role, like to be able to kind of quantify or just even reflect on yourself. These are the actions that I took that I learned from and that I ultimately, you know, kind of um, just the journey. So I think clarifying and writing that journey for yourself, 
this was the beginning, this was the middle, this is the end. Why? Because then you want to kind of make a plan of transition. So when you do that, then you can identify, okay, with regard to the work, this is how I want to prepare the next person or prepare or close this out, finish this out. And then two, you want to be able to communicate for me, what's next for me personally in terms of professional growth is this. So I just spent time growing in organizational leadership, and now I'm really interested in in growing in communications across different stakeholders or something. Why do you do that? Because then you need to communicate with your key stakeholders. Like you need to talk to the people who need to know. And this is personal. and And it's kind of, I think a lot of it has to do with awareness around power dynamics, awareness around planning and things. I I really want to be careful because I don't think that you owe everybody an announcement the second you decide. But I do think, especially for folks that were very supportive of you or folks that helped you in whatever the position is, it's really helpful to be able to talk with them on the earlier side for two reasons. One, you can express to them your story so they understand your journey. Two, you can talk to them about your plan and understand that you're going to get feedback and input. So you might say, this is my plan of transition. And they might say, okay, that's really great. It would be also great if you did this or that. And you can kind of take feedback like you would on anything. You still, It's still yours, but you can craft it in a way that it has multiple, input, uh, multiple pieces of input. So then also as you're experiencing it, it doesn't just feel so alone. Like, right, you have, it's almost like a coalition of people helping you through this transition. I think how you leave really matters. And so this is, this is, that's what I think that that's the pre-work I think happens before you go. Yeah. And I think like kind of in all things career development, spending that time with yourself in reflection and kind of crafting, you know, asking yourself the questions and crafting that story, I think are really important, maybe pre-pre-work. And then I really like the part about partnering with people. And I, I have in my life had people try to dissuade me from transition. Yes. (laughs) Um, and that was still useful because I got to yes. hear why they thought I shouldn't do it. And, and I gave me a moment to pause and say, like, let me think that through. And when I made a decision on the other side that I still thought the next chapter was important, I felt better about that because it was a little bit challenged along the way. I agree. I think it's clarifying. And I don't, you know, it, it and I think when we approach it that way, then then maybe it's also a little bit less intimidating. I also think it's about how you frame it. So if you're like, I'm ready to go and everybody is trying to talk you out of it, it's probably because you're very valuable. Like you're, you're, what you're doing is really helpful. So you can acknowledge that, you know, and be like, wow, I really did a great job here or et cetera. But you can still be clear about your truth, which is like, and I'm ready to go. Yes. So I think, um, I think it's helpful. I agree with you. I think people are really afraid of that process where we're all very socialized, not to make anybody upset. Like don't get anybody mad, all of that. So I I think I understand that that's like a high hurdle for some people to go over, but I agree with you for your person, for yourself. It really does help with the clarity of your conviction and it doesn't have to be an argument, right? You can take in the input and say, thank you. Basically like that's really, I'm glad you see me in that light, but this is why I'm doing X, Y, Z because you know, the only person living your career is you. I kind of, I I, I do think like just put that in there, Trish, like, I know that lots of opinions. (laughs) You're the only person that is actually living your career. It's your story to you. Yeah, I agree. And I think, as you said, sometimes people are very supportive and give you some guidance that helps you tweak what that plan is. And I think that that's also Mm -hmm. a great reason to talk to people about it. And and I think the more you talk through your story, for me at least, it became more legitimate that I was going to do this next step because sometimes it's scary to make a transition, to leave what's comfortable 
and Wait, where think- you might be succeeding to try something new is a little scary. And so I actually found it affirming to me to keep telling the story over and over again. Okay. So a couple of things. One, I don't think sometimes it's scary. I think all the times it's scary. I think, I think, I think like we can be in denial, but I think it's always scary. I think we're also tend to not be people who like a lot of change. We're like, so like, I think it's very scary. And I think even recognizing that that fear doesn't mean it's the wrong decision is really important because the fear is going to be there because it's scary. You're moving from, like you said, known to unknown. I think I might modulate the second part of what you said a little bit about like the more I tell it, the clear it is because it just, I think it depends on your environment. I think, I think if you're in a supportive environment and people are interested in hearing your story and learning from you, but not everybody is. And I actually would say that, um, that, you know, save your story for the conversations that would be like affirming to you that you want to, even if somebody doesn't agree, but you know, there's respect there, but when you might be talking to people who aren't interested in your story, you can still be clear about your conviction without having to open your story up to, you know, kind of like critique or rejection in that way. So I think that there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit maybe discernment of where those different conversations lie. I think that's a really good clarification. I appreciate that. And I, I agree with you. I think, um, Yeah. When I was reflecting on it, one of the things that I kept telling people when I was leaving a job on the East coast to come here to UW now 12 years ago Mm. was they were asking, why would I do this? And lots of random people asked me why I would do that. Um, And one of the things I said was like, I used to go outside my comfort zone and now I don't do that very often. And I think it's important for me to kind of stretch and go outside my comfort zone. And I found that the more times I said that, the more I was like, yeah, that really is true. I really want to do that. And then yeah. I was, drove across the country by myself and I was hiking in the Badlands and I saw a sign that said, beware of rattlesnakes. And I affirmed I was securely outside my comfort zone. <laughs> and I decided not to do a U-turn and go back. But but I guess that's what I was alluding to. But I like your nuance to that. I think it's a better, a better way of framing it. So thank you. You know what I will say? Can I just add something? I, but I think you just demonstrated something there that I think we should pull out which is that in doing that, you actually, you weren't necessarily telling your whole story. You were giving your elevator pitch almost. Like yes. You were giving your five minute to go back to our original Thrivecast, right? Yes. You were giving like, this is, this is the theme, you know, like I think, and I, and I do think everybody should have that because you're going to walk down the halls and people are going to ask you, you're going to. And so just for yourself, you don't want to have to feel like you have to go through this whole journey to explain to people. You want to be able to say pretty quickly, oh, well, this represents to me X, Y, Z, and I'm really excited. And yeah, so I just, I think that's another. Skill. Yeah, that, that's a great, I think that's a great clarification as well. Okay. We're, we're like you said at the beginning, we could talk forever and ever and ever. So I'm going to ask two more questions and then we're going to leave people wanting more. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so how do you think about kind of what that next thing is? I think mm-hmm. this is kind of deciding, oh, I'm, this is a chapter that's closing. And I like how you mm-hmm. said, and there's some things I'm going to do to tidy up that closure. Cause I want to close mm-hmm. it in a good way. But what about the next one? Cause I think one of the things I spend a lot of time doing with people is people are struggling with what could be the next chapter. So do you have any thoughts mm-hmm. on that? So one thing I'll repeat is that the whole, like, am I running away or running towards something? And I, I do think we should be running towards something. And I think I want to acknowledge that sometimes you're like, I don't know what the running towards is, but I know I want more X. So it's very unusual for somebody to say, I have no idea what I want. Because usually it's like, okay, do you want more? Do you want to spend more time doing talks? No. Okay. Well, we know that. Like, do you want to spend more time? Like you actually do, right? 
So what we missing, what often that means is, I don't know what's next is I haven't seen or can't identify a way to package all the things I want into something identifiable. And so what I say is that's great. Don't worry about that. So we, we step back and instead of looking for kind of like the banner, right? The like um, title of the next thing, it's what are the aspects of your days or of your weeks that you want to expand into and the aspects that you would like to decrease. And so I think we, we all actually are aware of those things and that can lead you to a first step of like, okay, well, if, if you want to do more working with students, then what would be one step moving in that direction? Um, so that's what I would say about like that, like, I don't know what to do. I think the second thing is that it's okay. So often we're not, we don't have space, like space in between to just say, what am I doing right now? I don't know. And so it de- it's different depending on like your setup, but it's okay to sunset an activity and not have something immediately be taking its place. And I, I know that's scary and maybe a little radical, but um, I think that there, there can be information gleaned in that space, even if it's only a couple of weeks. I mean, honestly, even if it's only a month or two to recognize what you'd rather fill that time with. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And I, you know, to your first point, I think a lot of people do think, what's the title of the next job? I Yes. I think it's rarely out there. I mean, you might have yes, known the job agreed. with the title. I'm not saying that's not the case. Right. But right. you don't, I don't know what that title is. And I really like the emphasis on like, what are the things that you do that bring you joy, that are exciting, that you want to do more of, or that you haven't tried and you want to test yes, out, right? That you want to test out. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that even as, even as we search, so we search for the title, what's true in our field is that a whole bunch of people have the same title and completely different jobs. So like, it's just like, that's our, our norm is is titles that encompass a lot of things. So even if you think about different specialties, like what program directors are doing daily might really vary depending on what the kind of training is. You know, even if you go into, if you think about our ranks, if you think about a lot of these titles. So I do try to encourage people to not focus so much on the title and focus on the substance of what they want to do day in and day out. And then we can come back around to what title fits. I totally agree. Plus I also... You know, I like to just make up a new title. <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite thing. It's like, just make up the new role. Make like, up a new exactly. title. Exactly. Uh, now, <laughs> Let's innovate. Have, you know, that's also an option. All Always. Right. Okay. Last thing we're going to touch on is let's say we kind of work through that space and we start to evolve towards a new, a new phase. And I, I like to saying you don't have to jump right into the next thing, but let's say you're about to jump into the next thing. I guess the last thing I thought we could talk about a little bit is how about that first step into the new role? Because I think that's also, as we already said, a scary time, uh, mm-hmm. an unsettling time, but also a time with great opportunity. So any thoughts about that kind of step into the next next chapter? I think um, when we're stepping out of the unknown, like you said, this is like a scary time. I think the thing that we want the most is as much certainty on the other side as possible. So there, so there are times when we'll we'll make decisions that we regret because they feel more certain. Because <laughs> we're like, well, I need to stake my hand in something. Like this is, you know. And so what I would say is to help with that, to help with avoiding that, is to lean in to the fact that you can, it can feel and likely will feel unsettled and unstable internally 
but that doesn't mean that externally things are unsettled or unstable. So I think recognizing that it is likely that you are going to go through a time where internally ah, is happening, that does not mean there's anything wrong. And your ability to one, be ready for that, and then be able to like hold that, be able to recognize that it doesn't mean there's anything wrong, but that you're in a learning period and certainty will come. Again, as you learn what you want to do, as you try something new, that allows us to not kind of leap into another arena because of the desire to feel stable and certain. And this is totally, I'm like totally dragging myself here. So just to be clear, like I know I've done this before. So this is like where my conviction comes from. So I feel like the more that I allow myself to withstand that internal instability, the better steps I take towards a path that feels really, really, really good. I really resonates with me. And I remember a piece of advice from a mentor I got when I was leaving Boston and moving out here. And he said, you will have a day, probably many, where you will say, oh my God, what was I thinking? Leaving oh, this yes. other job. <laughs> yes. And you will mourn the loss of yes. all of the friends and structures and things you knew. And that's normal. Yes. Oh, and you'll God, get yes. through it. Yes. And Such it'll be better on the other side. And yes, you know, I think that was so helpful because I did have that day. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I had a few of those days. Yeah. And I could hear his voice telling me, oh yeah, this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're saying that to people too. That's normal. Yes. And I really like how you said, like, you gotta, you gotta kind of embrace that discomfort mm-hmm. and, and, and live in it for a while and know that it will evolve. And also that I, I really like also like what you're feeling in your head isn't always what everybody else is seeing. Um, no, which I think is important too. Often, often not. And I think this piggybacks on what you're saying is it's okay to miss. It's okay to miss elements of things you left. That is not a sign that you made the wrong decision. So my metaphor here is children. So I hope this is also relevant for those of you who don't have children. Like I can tangibly miss the times when my babies were like six months and super cuddly or 18 months and adorable. I can miss that. That does not mean that I want to go back to that time. I do not want to go back to that time, right? Because you, you right. We tend to miss those like good things. Right. So I think even just being able to recognize that, like, even that feeling of nostalgia and like, oh man, that was great. It doesn't mean you made the wrong choice. You can just enjoy the nostalgia and then keep moving. So yeah. I, that's the only thing I would add. I hope that, I, that metaphor makes sense. Hopefully, it Yeah, it makes sense. And I don't have kids and I can still relate to it. Okay. <laughs> I think the other part I would say to that is the people you don't have to lose. So no, yes, I yes. have important people from yes. all the different chapters of my life that yes. are still a part of my life. But that chapter of what I was doing can close. And, and I think I'm pretty selective about that. There's only a handful of people that I have as through threads, but the mm-hmm. ones that are really meaningful are still there. Exactly. I agree. And I, and not only that, I think that the relationships deepen and become even more valuable because you realize what they are outside of whatever the context was or whatever the structure was. And those are, I think, I agree. Those are like the gold in our lives. Are those relationships that persist despite structure or lack of structure? Um, so that's something that you get to look forward to as you're maybe missing elements of the job is those evolving relationships. I, I like that. Yeah, I agree. And I, it definitely rings true for me in my life. 
<laughs> All right. One last pearl on tra- transition. Ooh. So you got one last pearl for folks? Gosh, I feel like I gave you all of my pearls. Um, I would say that transitions are normal. That it's, it is normal to, to come into a, a, a role, an activity or something, to do it for a while, to grow, to develop yourself, and then to realize that you might want to do something differently. That is, there's nothing wrong with you. There's like, that's completely normal. And having done the things that we talked about today, um, I want more people to be less at war with themselves about that and more curious about what could come out of it. I love that. And I think there were, as you said, many pearls throughout the discussion. I, as always, enjoy having a conversation with you. And I'm confident that the listeners will learn a lot from, from our discussion. Thank you, Trish. Thank you, Kami. And for folks out there to listen to more episodes of Thrivecast, you can find them at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find them at the UW School of Medicine faculty website at faculty.udubmedicine.org. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 